Welcome to the High Speed Podcast, the official podcast of the High Speed Alliance, taking you further, faster, together. We are setting our course for freedom and legacy through mastery of business, finance, family, and lifestyle. Welcome to the High Speed Podcast. This is your host, Forrest Bryant, and we have got a great show for you today. We have got Captain Gary Pinkerton on the line with us today. He doesn't, know, he doesn't always go by a captain, and he's a retired in the civilian world, but uh, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Um, you guys are really going to love uh, listening, listening to Gary, and we're going to be really talking some, some really heavy legacy future-focused uh, topics here. So, you know, this is going to be really, really great. Thank you for listening to the High Speed Podcast. We are focused on helping you create your own freedom and legacy plan. We do that by helping you master your business, your finances, your family, and your lifestyle. And we're going to talk a lot about those types of things today. Uh, but let me welcome to the show, uh, Gary Pinkerton. Uh, Gary, thank you for being on the, on, the, on the call today. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Dr. Brian. It's amazing. Uh, I could not be more excited to join your, your uh, listener group and, uh, and participate. This is awesome. Well, th- thanks for being here. Uh, first off, thank you for your service to our, to our country. Uh, you are a, a decorated naval submarine commander, and we appreciate your service. Uh, retired as captain uh, in the Navy, and uh, we, we certainly want to go into that story a little bit. And uh, I, I know it's, I've, I've heard, uh, heard it, parts of it a few times. Maybe we'll go a little bit deeper today, but uh, it's fascinating. Um, but, uh, thanks for being here. We're going to talk about a lot of really cool things. Uh, we're going to talk about permanent life insurance. We're going to talk about legacy. We're going to talk about, um, setting up future generations to respect and to follow, you know, as we talk about, uh, the, the gen twos and the G threes and, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, what's going to happen after we're gone. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about that today. So, uh, uh, we've got we got we got some deep topics uh, com- coming up down the road to you know to make you think about uh, think about you know why you do what you do. But uh, before we get into that, Gary, let's uh, let's let you introduce yourself uh, to our listeners and uh, tell. I, I definitely want you to throw in a little bit of that uh, naval, naval submarine history. Yeah, right. It's fascinating. But uh, if you want to, uh, let's let, let's start in the, in the past and uh, and bring it up to future to what you're doing now. Sure, would love to. I really appreciate the opportunity. So, I mean, I grew up in Illinois, uh, Southern Illinois. I had a, I think my high school class had about 185 people in it and uh, a town of less than 10,000. And on a dairy farm, you know, what I saw back then was an, an unfortunate, underprivileged, didn't have the stuff my buddies had, my, you know, my friends, the freedom and the ability to play sports and all that. Uh, you know, but as I, you know, matured in life, I looked back on what I really did have there. And, and that's actually what I'm trying to give to, uh, to my kids and to everyone else. And so, as you said, we'll get into legacy one day. But what I had was, you know, uh, life on a very remote place where I didn't have a lot of friends around. So I, I, you know, was around my father all the time and learned everything from him. He was an incredible mentor of mine, taught me hard work, taught me uh, all kinds of ethics um, I also learned along the way in the in the 80s uh, when when high interest rates hit and we were uh, we were completely exposed. We had two big advisors who showed up on our farm all the time. One was a banker who always seemed to get us out of a pinch and give us a new uh, interest rate loan, you know, variable interest rate loan with a teaser that got us low low payments for a short period of time in a world of 18 percent interest rates. Uh, and then we also had this life insurance guy who would show up and he'd always bring bunny bread, <laughs> the Danishes for my sister and I, and we loved him. 
But I always saw my mother was extremely uncomfortable when he would show up because she knew a bill would follow. So it was a very interesting childhood where you know, we had one guy who, as I look back on it now, was helping enable our own self-destruction with these interest rates. But it always, we loved seeing him come in the short term. Uh, you know, fast forward into my high school time, we had kind of given up on the dairy. It wasn't profitable. And uh, we're doing several other things. My dad and I were just you know, running little entrepreneurial businesses. And I didn't know it at the time, but I absolutely thrived in that environment. Uh, lost the farm, you know, mid, midway through high school. I lived in a trailer for a couple of years and uh, there was no future in Illinois for me. So I was, uh, you know, thankfully I had studied hard. My parents had, you know, put us through private Catholic school when they didn't have the money to do so. And as I was, you know, finishing up high school, very late to the, to the game of applying for colleges, uh, I, I applied to three different places, Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, and University of Illinois and got accepted to all and, and free ride to all of them. It was really, really, you know, a great, great experience. And I chose Navy because uh, I, was, I didn't have the vision to be a pilot and, uh, because I, and I didn't choose University of Illinois, even though I went there later for graduate school. I love the place, but I wanted to get out of Illinois. I wanted to make sure I was launching from the Midwest because it had just been a fairly painful experience at the time. Now, looking back on it, man, I, I realize that I'm, I'm a, at heart an entrepreneur. Uh, I love real estate. I love entrepreneurship. So, you know, I take this little bit of a, a, a 30 year pause in the middle of that. And I go to the Naval Academy. Uh, I, you know, study engineering, had a great time. I got a graduate degree at um, University of Illinois. And that was a lot of fun to be back with friends and family. I joined the submarine service. Uh, it's really interesting. Uh, I, I was torn to the last moment, literally the last moment between um, submarines and Marine Corps, which seems like on the opposite end of the spectrum. And in some ways they really are, but really what I was pulled towards was that, again, that entrepreneurial small business, small company, um, you know, camaraderie that I saw in both of those uh, organizations. And in the end, I, I went with submarines, actually kind of the Navy chooses that for you. I went and, and took a test and they said, you're coming with us. So I joined submarine force and I was on four submarines throughout my, my time. Um, my last one, I commanded the USS Tucson, which was one of the uh, last uh, Los Angeles class submarines. Uh, it was in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. It was just an absolute dream. And um, I had a, a great deployment out in Asia, came back in, in 2011 and uh, turned over my gorgeous submarine and very sad moment and then came back to the Washington, D.C. and Annapolis area, taught at the Naval Academy for three years, um, was on the joint staff of, of the, or the staff of the Joint Chiefs in the Pentagon, just some really amazing experiences. Um, and then uh, turned to real estate and entrepreneurship. At this point, I'd kind of done some self-improvement and development and realized that um, I wasn't on the wrong path, but there was a path that inspired me greater. Uh, opportunity to get back with my family, let my wife start up her career, stop moving them around. Um, and man, it's just amazing uh, what everything unfolded into. Like I was going to just manage my own personal real estate. And uh, so I bought some rental properties across the United States and that was going well. But along the way, I got incredibly inspired about personal financial management and helping out America get back to where our founding fathers were. So I started my own company and I work with a great company called Paradigm Life out in, in Utah, work side by side with a mentor and friend of mine, Pat Donahoe, um, working, or working primarily with real estate investors and uh, small business owners. So that was a mouthful. That was my whole life in, in a few minutes. <laughs> So that that's fantastic. Well, uh, thank you, thank you so much uh, for for going going through that, and thank you for your service. And so, uh, you know, let's let's kind of bring it into you know talk. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what you're doing now, 
and you know how 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 permanent life insurance really kind of factors into you know what you're helping your your clients with today. Absolutely. So if we if we go to 2011, I had read all of Robert Kiyosaki's books and and anything else I could come up with. No Money Down by uh, you know Robert Allen and. Just, I, I was just convinced that I was going to take my money, which was in the stock market. At the time, we had just gone through the 2008 correction. I, I got really pretty scared, kind of a watershed event where I lost 45, 50% of my money. A lot of it was back by 2011, but I just didn't really want to go through that again. And I, and I realized that I am inspired by personal financial management. I always really had been. Um, I love running small little businesses and and, you know, again, I just think that's where America, I mean, I know that's where America started and I think it's where America is most happy. Um, and, and so I'm, you know, I'm buying this first property. I'm waiting on it to be completed down in, in San Antonio, Texas. And I'm starting to think about how can I optimize this? If I'm going to buy a property every few months, as I move my money again out of the markets into something that I directly control and have cash flow from, where are the challenges? And the challenges I kept coming up with was they all relied on or all had to do with having too much money in the property, too much equity in there. It's less liquid. There's more chance of somebody, uh, you know, acquiring it from me with a, you know, a fraudulent lawsuit or something. So I was really just kind of focused on, listen, my money was at risk in the markets. I'm trying to correct that. The last thing I want to do is put it at risk again in a different environment. And it led me to this concept of um, borrowing against your own permanent life insurance, you know, storing your family wealth and in, in permanent life insurance like the Rockefellers did and, and all wealthy Americans have forever, but most Americans did in the early 1900s and a little bit of a lost art that I'm inspired to get back to. Uh, but for me personally, initially, it was simply just uh, a unique way to fund the down payments of my rental properties. So I would, you know, I would use normal conventional loans uh, and then when it came to the down payment, I would borrow against my life insurance and let my money sit there and continue to compound and grow. And so that's how I ended up there. After three years of operating them in my own life, I realized, man, this is much bigger than just a, a unique way to fund real estate. This is about storing and growing wealth. It's about helping families and, and building legacies. And again, for me, it's getting America back to where our founding fathers had us started. And that's what inspires me. That's why I, I you know, kind of left the Navy a little bit early and um, started my own business to help share these concepts with people. So you mentioned the Rockefellers. So go, go a little deeper there and just kind sure. of, just kind of pinpoint, you know, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, how, how John D, you know, some of the things that he did uh, mm -hmm. that, that, that we're trying to emulate or learn from. Right. So there's a great book out by a good friend of mine. And, and I don't remember the exact title because I'm not sure it's even launched yet, but it's uh, the Rockefeller way or um how the Rockefellers did it, I think. So, uh, but, and I'll, I'll try to come up with that before the end of the podcast, or at least give it to you for show notes. Um, but I studied a couple of biographies on John D. Rockefeller and Henry Ford and everybody else that was just a tremendous uh, individual in the 1800s and 1900s and, and tried to figure out what qualities could I learn from these individuals. And John D. Rockefeller was an amazing individual. Um, and all of the things that he did, but right near the end of his life, he, he and his son really started focusing on foundations and on giving back and both preserving their family wealth, um, but also continuing to create wealth with their foundation. And so if you, if you go to New York City, you know, and you go to Rockefeller Center, it's a fantastically, I mean, it's a huge building and a beautiful area. And that family, if you study them, you've studied the foundation, they give away far more money than most families, most um, uh, family offices even see. And, and yet, if you look at some peers of theirs, like the, the Vanderbilts and um, even um, 
uh, gosh, I don't know, I'm sure we could come up with many others, but there, there's lots of families that just disappeared. The legacy's gone. Yet we're on the seventh generation following John D. Rockefeller, and the family's as strong as it ever was in the past. And there's really two things, I think, um, that they did, that he did, that set that up. So, you know, around the beginning of the 1900s, just before the Federal Reserve was created, just before the American tax system was created, um, Johnny Rockefeller set up some trusts and he put a large amount of their family money in life insurance. And those two vehicles, uh, the trusts were grandfathered in at his time, um, but both of those vehicles enable the family still to today um, grow their wealth and still access it while it grows tax-free and then pass it on tax-free to future families, right? So that's what I'm trying to help enable with middle, the middle class. You know, there's this concept of family office, and I'm sure you've probably gotten into that with, with other um, guests and, and with your group, but it's about, it's, you know, it's an actual IRS term, and it refers to families with over $100 million that have people in their employment that um, focus on specific aspects of their lives. And it's a great concept. And there's absolutely no reason why it can't be there for the middle class. And so a very good friend of mine who's been on your podcast, Aaron Chapman, and I are both, and uh, my mentor and friend, Patrick Donahoe at Paradigm Life, all three of us are really working to figure out how can we bring that to the middle class. And one of the key components, uh, along with you know, trusts and, and uh, legacies, uh, contracts, is this idea of storing and growing the wealth in life insurance that will you know, be used by current generations, coupled with education about how to respect it and trust it. Uh, and use it efficiently, and then passes on to future generations. And that's how you keep a legacy. And that's how you keep, you know, financial education moving forward. Uh, well said. Uh, and you know, for our listeners, that they may have heard me mention this before, but I, I, I love talking about the Rockefellers. But uh, if you don't know, uh, not you, but our listeners, um, the Rockefellers still have a multifamily office that's active today. The, the website is rockco, R-O-C-K-C-O.com. Look it up. But they, uh, they have... I don't even know what the number is, billions and billions and billions of dollars um, that, that, that they uh, not only manage for themselves, but for other, other family offices as well. But um, it's pretty, pretty phenomenal that they, uh, the decisions that they made so long ago. Um, and uh, a lot of those uh, insurance companies that were, you know, you know I, I, Gary, you and I have had this discussion, but, um, you know, I, I, I worked uh, for, for, for a period of time for an insurance company and, it, you know, just doing the, doing the research going through there, you know, some of these big mutual companies have been in business for 150 years and it's pretty phenomenal uh, to see what they've done and to see what those dividends have paid uh, through the entire 150 year span. So, you know, if you go, I think we just lost the, the, there was, there was one, uh, Dow, uh, original Dow company, which was GE that was still on, uh, the, the, the Dow Jones and they just recently, uh, uh, rolled off. So, um, you know, there's not any of the original Dow companies that are still on there, but if you look at this, the span of, uh, uh, over 150 years that some of these mutual companies been paying out these really high dividends is pretty, pretty phenomenal. And I'll throw out another little sense tidbit on that while we're on it is, uh, just if you're listening, if you're thinking about uh, permanent life insurance, which you guys know I'm a big fan of, uh, those dividend rates follow interest rates. And so we are, we are in a rising interest rate environment. And you're going to see uh, for holders of permanent life insurance over the next few years, you're going to see that dividend uh, rate go up. So just kind of an interesting little tidbit. But let's talk about uh, what are the products, uh, Gary, that, uh, that usually that you're seeing and that you're helping clients 
uh, structure for, uh, for themselves, for their spouses, for their kids, for their estate? Uh, you know, what, what are the actual products that you'd like to use um, as you're kind of putting those together for them? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the only ones that I, I personally, you know, uh, structure are the, uh, you know, permanent life insurance, high cash value life insurance. So you have, you have the ability to add something called a paid up additions writer. And it's essentially the ability to put, I mean, it's really single premium life insurance that attaches to a main one. But in, in more layman's terms, it's just the ability to dump cash into a life insurance personal uh, wealth vehicle that will then be accessible and grow, you know, at, at rates of three to 5% today. But as you said, a couple of the major companies have started to, to raise their rates already. And so, you know, if you go back a decade ago, it was seven or 8%. And, you know, and historically over the last 150 years, they've just followed interest rates in America up and down. Um, so that's the main vehicle. Of course, there's also, you know, a personal pension system, which is essentially an annuity uh, for people who are looking for more consistent income that can outlive. Um, but for the real estate investor, for the small business owner that's still, you know, out there uh, growing their assets and growing their businesses, you know, really it's those personal wealth systems on themselves, um, on their children. I love the concept of putting it on kids, even if it's not within a trust and legacy focused. It's a fantastic vehicle. For example, my children have them for going to college. And if you start them young enough, you know, you can, you can help them with some tremendous education. Like, um, you know, this money from grandma, we put it into your personal bank. And if you want to use it to buy your bicycle, you know, then you can also actually just borrow against it and you'll repay it with your milk money or whatever it is. Right. And so you can teach them the value of the opportunity cost to use in cash, what that money could do for you in the future. And, you know, I have conversations with my oldest son about, well, dad, I'm considering, um, you know, Villanova or Rutgers and, and where we live, Rutgers is a state school and Villanova costs four times as much. And I said, well, that's awesome. So let's think about if we use your bank to fund college, what's it look like four years from now or five years from now when you get out, right? So it's just some good financial conversations with children. And then beyond what I personally do, you know, I try to, it's not really partnering, it's just affiliating with, it's having, it's being like-minded with uh, estate planners, asset protection attorneys, um, but I'm getting really pretty inspired here about about the concept of um, irrevocable trusts for the benefit of future generations. Really, again, just bringing to the middle class what the Rockefellers have done for the wealthy and many others have followed with the family office concept. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And uh, we're, we're in alignment. Uh, you know, that's uh, one thing that we work on is taking those family office concepts and make, making them relevant and uh, bringing that down to uh, to the level um, where uh, many of our physicians and dentists and CEOs can 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 access that type of uh, uh, mindset and thinking and uh, and also deal flow and investment. So uh, I, I love that. Um, so let's talk about mindset just a little bit, Gary. Just you know, as far as uh, you know, being an entrepreneur and working with entrepreneurs and business owners, um, you know. What type of mindset, uh, you know, do you take into each day or that, you know, that you could share, you know, for, for the entrepreneur out there who's, you know, maybe they're dabbling in real estate and maybe they're thinking about permanent life insurance. I mean, what, what, is, what is that mindset for you? Yeah, so I think um, there's, there's some great things that came up from that. I might throw out my favorite quote in my favorite book as we go through this. Um, so w one book that I, I love, uh, and, and I'll reserve this from being my favorite book because this is probably a little self-serving, but um, a great friend and mentor of mine that I've mentioned, Patrick Donahoe, he created a book called Heads I Win, Tails You Lose. And I mentioned this book. It's a great book, but I mentioned it 
because in there, there's a section where we, we talk about this um, personal approach to building wealth. And it's about building, uh, you know, kind of uh, an, an analogy of being a pyramid. And so you build a, a pyramid of wealth. And on the bottom is the safest part of the thing, right? So that's the foundation where everything else, if you happen to screw up, up, up higher, you fall down to a foundation you can count on. And that's, you know, emergency savings and, and um, and, and protections like insurances and things that would prevent you from falling completely off the pyramid. But then above that is things you directly control, like the investing. And one thing that's really in that row though, is yourself, right? And so one of my, one of my fundamental theories or beliefs is that we are our own um, best resource. Like if you want to look at like what investment is going to make me the most money, well, it's in yourself, right? So if you're, if you're working for a company uh, and you can invest in yourself, whether it's go get a degree or, I don't know, in, in some way, you know, get a, get a gym membership so you can perform better at work. Whatever it is, is that increase in salary, that in key, increase in value that you give as a producer is going to far outweigh anything that any of your investments will ever do. If you're an owner of a company, then clearly investing in yourself in that company is where, you know, you're going to make the millions. Think Steve Jobs, right? And, and so that, that's really kind of a fundamental thing. Before we talk too much about, um, you know, investing in other people's businesses or buying, you know, cryptocurrency, we should think about, the most important asset in our lives is us. And that's why you see so many successful people talking about, well, you gotta, you gotta, you know, fix all areas. You can't have one weak area. You can't be, uh, you know, have really poor health and expect to win in business. And it's all because you are your best asset, right? You're the number, number one asset. Um, you know, my, uh, the, the other thing that, that drives me that I mentioned is that, America started uh, as a group of people who wanted to limit taxation and they wanted to be able to control their own future. And what it looked like is a bunch of people solving problems out there. So people got up every day, put on their pants and went out and solved problems. Right. And if there was a, there's a problem in the community, someone, you know, started a business to solve that problem. Um, we weren't entitled people who hated our jobs and were just trying to get to that magic retirement age. We were inspired. Right. And so that's really so, you know, my favorite book of all time is Atlas Shrugged. It's not even a nonfiction. It's the only fiction book I ever read <laughs> or recently read, I should say. I love it because she's talking about gall to gulch, you know, in this community uh, where people bond together and they don't expect handouts and they all try to solve problems. And so that's really kind of, uh, you know, tells you a little bit about me. And then, you know, kind of my favorite quote would be, and this is completely on this line, is from Zig Ziglar. What a great American um, and Zig said, you know, you can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. And I doubt that any of your listeners heard that for the first time, but it's always worthy of a reminder. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well said. Uh, love everything you just said there. Um, so going uh, kind of as we're kind of coming up to the wrapping up the, the, the front side here, um, as a protector of our freedom, <laughs> I appreciate that from you. But uh, what does that mean to you? What is freedom? What's your definition of freedom? You know, freedom uh, to me is uh, is the ability to make your own decisions. You know, to control what's going to happen in your life, and to be surrounded by uh, you know a justice system or rule of law that will support you in that. Right. So that that you have you have the the belief, the comfort, the confidence that if you go the extra mile to improve your life and the lives of those around you, that that you will see the fruit of that. Right. It's not going to be taken from you. Uh, and and it, it can be taken by force in Hitler's time. It can be taken by kind of slow bleeding in a world of of um, collectivism, right? You know, so that's another word from Atlas Shrugged. But but it, by I mean by that is 
you know, Ronald Reagan changed his world and became a hero in America because instead of, you know, a very comfortable um, a movie star. And the reason is because he was, he didn't have freedom, right? He, if he made a movie, he was charged 93% of his earnings, um, you know, to start to make a second movie. So he didn't make a second movie every in a year. And so he, he, um, you know, stood up and essentially it ruined his health to become a hero in America to try to get back to where we were. So I believe freedom is having the ability to, uh, to earn something, to have intellectual property, to have it protected by a justice system uh, and a government that doesn't go much further than that. Oh, that's amazing, Gary. Well, uh, you are a true American hero. Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Um, uh, Thank you to our listeners for listening. Uh, Don't go anywhere, Gary. Uh, We're going to go over to the backside here and we're going to go a little bit deeper into into those topics. And we're going to talk more about real estate and we're going to talk more about uh, permanent life insurance. And I'm sure you're going to have some more. I mean, you're just an incredible leader and we appreciate uh, uh, your your service to to, to our country and also to to entrepreneurs and business owners now. So just appreciate you so much. so if you've been listening to the High Speed Podcast, uh, thank you so much. We would love if you would uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and, uh, and like us so we know that you're out there. Uh, but thanks for listening. Uh, Gary, thank you so much. Uh, any, any final comments on the front side here before we go to the members-only side on the back? You know, it's been a true pleasure. And if anyone wants to know more about how I tick or what makes me tick, uh, just it's very simple, GaryPinkerton.com. Uh, is the easiest way. And uh, sending me an email there is simple as well. It's just Gary at GaryPinkerton.com. It's been an incredible pleasure. I hope I've inspired someone to jump out there and be an entrepreneur and uh, and focus on their finances. Thank you. And thank you for uh, reminding me. I forgot my last question, which was how to, how to, how to get in touch with you. So, boy, you're good. You're on it. You're on it. <laughs> thanks, All right, Gary. So uh, thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Uh, and we will talk with you guys soon. Hi, this is Dr. Forrest Bryant, and I want to thank you for listening to the High Speed Podcast. Uh, We want to remind you that the information we share on this show is impersonal and only our opinion. You should not take impersonal advice and apply it to your own situation without discussing this information with us or with another licensed professional uh, that's familiar with your situation. Um, Our opinions are just that, and this show is for education only. Uh, This is in no way a solicitation or offer to sell any securities or other types of investments. So thank you and uh, have a great day. You've been listening to the High Speed Podcast. To read our blog and to learn more, visit our website at www.highspeedpodcast.com.